Good morning. Um, I'm excited uh, uh, to to end this series. Not because I don't like Second Peter, but we have been in Second Peter uh, for some weeks now. As we ended the summer through August, and now we're starting the the fall. We're going to start a new series um, next week. We're going to look at what it looks like for a bunch of weeks here throughout the fall of what it looks like to have the gospel really change how we do everything. And so we're excited to start that next week. There'll be lots of topics to look at uh, from things around us, whether it's how we view politics around us to how we view friendship to how we engage with people to what does it really look like to be people who change uh, our communities and the world around us through the gospel. Excited for that. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because this end of Second Peter is great. And I, I hope today it encourages us. It got me uh, thinking about lots of things. I want to start, though, um, I asked the question as we all gathered, what's something you'll never forget? And I have a, uh, a moment that I won't forget, and it has to also do about me. It has to do with me forgetting. I was at a men's retreat. This is um, not that long ago, but uh, a men's retreat uh, that happened over a weekend. We got there Friday night, stayed till Sunday. And Friday night, had the opportunity around a campfire to get to know a guy. We started chatting, and we had never met before. Uh, and we're chatting and talking, and uh, he's a fascinating guy and I was excited to hear about his life. Uh, and then we, it got very late and we have to run off to our, um, uh, you know, to our cabins. So we get a little bit of sleep cause I knew we had a whole day the next day together. So I go to my cabin, he goes to his cabin. Uh, and I think, well, there's a hundred, 200 people here. There's, you know, I don't know if I'll really run into him again. That was helpful. The next day we, uh, get up, we get at, get to breakfast. And this happens throughout the whole day. I end up being by him. Breakfast, he's sitting close by. Uh, we we have some big game that we all play together. We end up being in a similar group. And the whole time, I can't remember his name. And he, rem- hey, Drew, what's up, man? So good to see you. And I say, hey, buddy. Hey, pal. You know, and um, we're talking and chatting. And um, throughout the whole rest of that weekend, all day Saturday, um, we're seeing each other over. I think I just keep running into this guy. God must want me to be connect to this guy. And, uh, what's up, dude. Hey guys, did you meet this guy? He's awesome. Tell him all about his life. Can't, can't remember his name, but I'm, I'm deep enough in now. I can't ask his name. I'm talking to like, we're, he's like confessing stuff to me. We're really connecting. And I'm like, Poof. Okay, maybe you've ever you've been in a situation. You say buddy a lot. Yeah, buddy. Cool, cool pal. And we get put, um, the day ends where guys are just hanging out and we, uh, there's a bunch of people playing basketball. And uh, I'm not really a great basketball player, but it was fun to hang out. So I said, I'll hop in and we start playing and someone says, hey, you guys also get that guy coming in, the new guy. Of course, it's this guy. He gets on a team and I think, I don't know how I'm going to, because he says, Drew, awesome. We can be in the same team. Cool. You, you guys met this guy? He's cool. <laughs> my dude. Um, we start playing. He's yelling my name to pass the ball. Um, hey, he, that guy is open. Big, big shooter over there is open. I don't know what to say. <laughs> we pause for a little bit. We're just all chatting. And he comes up and says, you don't know my name, do you? And I was like, oh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I just don't always have a good memory for names. And and then I thought, oh, I know. I'll just lie. I said, I couldn't remember exactly how to pronounce your name. Because, you know, like your name, people say it different ways and I couldn't. And he was like, oh, okay, well, it's John. Oh, okay. Because where I'm from, we pronounce it John. I don't know. I felt, you know, like an idiot because I kind of was in that moment. I, This guy was gracious and so we laughed. And still when I see him, we laugh about that. He introduces himself as John. I will never forget his name. It's John. Um, I mean, have you had this happen to you? Have you been, uh, forgot the name? I think, some, you know, that's a, a common thing. I'm not good with names. I'm not good at remembering. How good are you at remembering? Uh, so, some things I am, some things I'm not. And today, Peter, I think throughout the whole book has been uh, stirring this theme. At least one of them is about remembering uh, and also thinking ahead. And he has this connection he's making as he wraps up this letter to us uh, in the whole chapter, a whole chunk of three. He reminds us that there's something about remembering our past that also speaks to our future. There's this connection between what we think of the, the past informs our future and even what we think of our future kind of informs our past. There's this connection in these and in memory, and that's what we're going to look at uh, today. And I'm excited. I've done a little this week. I did a little Google searching, um, some amateur researching on memory, and I learned some really cool things that actually just even helped me practically uh, thinking about them. So let's get into this. Let's get into Second Peter. Uh, and it's a whole chapter. So hold on. We're going we're gonna to chug through this quick. We're going to take a quick train ride through the third chapter. Peter, I'm going to highlight a few things as we go, but I want to make sure we get into this because we're also going to meet a friend. Uh, last week, we got to meet a friend. Uh, and this week, we're going to meet another friend um, who has a pretty incredible story and, and think about remembering. But let's get into this. This is Second Peter. Chapter 3, um, written by Peter, who hung out with Jesus, one of his closest friends, and writes this letter to his friends in Asia Minor, encouraging them that there's these false prophets or teachers, and, and they're saying these things, and we got to be real careful we're not following them, but instead knowing and following Jesus. That's, that's the big summary. But let's start here. I love how he starts this. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. He wrote First Peter. He actually wrote a few other letters, but he wrote, we call it First Peter, another letter to these people. I love he calls us dear friends. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as a reminder to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. What is that? What does wholesome thinking mean? I want you to recall, or this word could be remember, remember the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by your Lord and Savior through your apostles. So he's saying, I want you to remember, excuse me here, got a runny nose today. Remember the words of the prophets, the apostles, the messengers of God, the disciples, and that, that are of Jesus. Like ultimate, remember scripture. To him, he's talking about Old Testament. He's writing the New Testament. That's what we're reading his letter. That is the New Testament. He's saying, I want you to remember how does wholesome thinking, how does he's thinking like right thinking, godly thinking. I want you to think right. And when you're thinking straight, it's because you're remembering 
what scripture says, what the prophets have said about Jesus uh, and about God um, and about how things work. He says, I want you to remember those things. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. What will they be doing? Scoffing. Scoffers scoff and follow their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as, um, as it has since the beginning of creation. Oh, he, he mentions these scoffers who will be scoffing. Not real helpful with the context clues there. Scoffers are going to be mocking. They're going to be um, questioning. They're going to say, these scoffers who are there now but will continue to be there, Peter's saying, they're going to say, when is just Jesus going to come back? Since our last generation has passed on, we still haven't seen him come back. Is, is he even going to come back? Is, are his promises even true? We haven't seen anything happen since the beginning of creation. It's been the same. So they're, they're questioning again, as we've seen in Second Peter, this question about the end. Will Jesus come back? I don't think he will. And it doesn't really matter then what we do now. Because this is it. This is what it, this is life now, forever. And so if he's not coming back, if there's no consequence to my sin now, then, then what does that matter? And also there's nothing to look forward to. I guess this is it. He's kind of left us because I've seen a whole generation come and go and nothing's changed. And is it going to ever change? They're thinking in their little time period. Peter says, but they deliberately forgot. Other translations, this is, they intentionally did not remember. That's interesting, huh? There's like an intentionality about that. That long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. And the story of creation, God spoke and created all things. And there was this garden and people there with them. By these waters also, world of that time was delusion destroyed. Remember the story of the flood? People's, the consequence to sinning, to following our own flesh, to just going after what we want to go after, what we thought was right, actually brought death and, and destruction. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction for the ungodly. They intentionally did not remember. I don't know if that, I don't know exactly how that plays out because you, you think they'd want to remember creation in the garden, how good that was, because that would then, that rem that remembering would push them forward to that will be happen again. God has promised again that to happen uh, in the city. So he mentions two things I think are really helpful here. In their remembering, they've forgotten that God made all things, that God is good. You remember God made things in the garden and said, it was good. It was good. It was good. He created his people in his image. It was very good. And he was with his people. It, all of our desires wrapped up in that moment in the garden. He's with us. He loves us. We're safe. We're given these holy jobs to do, to take care of and steward the earth. So Peter here is saying they've forgotten two things. They've forgotten that God is good and he created things. And they've also forgotten that there's consequences to us running after uh, ourselves as gods, creating ourselves into gods, deciding what we want and just running after it. We, last week we talked kind of being off, off the leash, just going after what we want. So he's reminding us actually using the water to connect those. God created out of the waters this world. And he also there's also consequences to that. 
And so when we remember that about God, it actually speaks to what will happen um, about him. We forget the goodness of God, the depth of our sin, the holiness of God, the consequences of unholiness. We, we forget them. They're forgetting those. In fact, it says deliberately forgetting those. Let's, let's go on. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some under, understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So they're going to keep scoffing because scoffers scoff. Scoffers are going to scoff and they're saying, it's been so long. I mean, is anything going to change? They're talking about like their lifetime which is such a blip on the whole timeline of everything. You're like, this is my timeline illustration. Chop. The timeline. It, and Peter's reminding them, God is not slow. He's right on time. In fact, he's not slow. He's patient. Your view of this is God is, well, come on, I want God, I want heaven to come so I can enjoy it. And he's saying, hold on, let's look at what God's doing here. It says he's patient. In fact, he's allowing time for people to put faith in Jesus so they wouldn't perish. This, for me, has been hard. Early in my faith, I often asked the question. I scoffed. It's not fair that God judges people or that there's consequences to sin. That seems not good and not nice and not loving. God just seems like, oh, you're bad. Sorry. And I was unaware and I also wasn't remembering who God was, that God is actually waiting today. He's waiting so that all can accept this gift, can turn to him. In this, in this passage we hear, so that everyone can come to, to repentance, which means to turn to him. So God's actually giving, so they're complaining about the time when God's actually saying, I'm being patient so that you have an opportunity to share with everyone. There's life in Jesus. This is a question that seems to come from kind of an inward thinking from these scoffers. And um, it says, for me in my time, I don't see this, so it must not be true. Instead of looking Godward and saying, what do we know about God? And applying it now and applying it to our future. Let's keep reading though. How this look, it says in verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear. So he will come though. He's being patient. It's incredible. He wants all to know him. But the day the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar and the elements will be destroyed by fire, the earth and everything done, and it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of the Lord and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. You say, we are waiting patiently. and God will come and we don't know when he's going to come. We've heard this other parts. Jesus has even said this. We don't know when he's coming. Like a thief, he just will sneak in. And what will happen when he sneaks in? Make sure you read this whole, whole chunk of scripture here. He's going to come in and it says, like fire burns up, he's going to burn up the elements, the brokenness. He's going to take care and get rid of the brokenness. Remember the story that, that he just said we forgot, that our scoffers forgot, that God created things, and then he, there was consequence, 
and this flood came during the flooding kind of cleaned out and kind of purified the earth. He's saying, God's going to do this again. This is, we know this because he's already done this. He's going to come and get rid of the brokenness. We could look at this and say, oh, God's going to come and just destroy everything. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. Why, why even have stuff? Why even do anything? We got to read the whole thing. He's going to come and take care of these things, this brokenness and this imagery of fire, right? That's going to refine and clean. And then what's going to happen? But in keeping his promise in verse 13, he has promised us. And we know it's true because we can remember all of scripture. God has kept his promises, continues to keep his promises. So we can look forward to a new heaven and a new earth. We can remember the garden in the beginning. It's going to be like that, but better. In fact, let's a passage that, oh, how often I go to this. This is one where I get to look forward. Peter doesn't get the advantage of this. He's not reading the book of Revelation that John wrote, that God inspired John to write, this vision John has, because this is Peter writing this letter. We have the advantage of this New Testament where we get to have this vision that God's given John in the book of Revelation. He's explaining what that means. New heaven, new earth. What is that? Everything blows up and then we're floating on clouds together. He's going to share what it looks like. And it looks way better than floating on clouds together. In Revelation 21, just a little peek at this, that I saw a new heaven and a new earth. John gets a vision of what this looks like. For the first heaven and first earth had passed away and there's no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne say, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. That sounds a lot like the garden. If we're remembering the garden, he's going to be with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Just that verse. If we could every morning remember that verse, God will come and be with us and he will be our God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne again, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. So this is interesting. This is about the future, but it's a thing we can remember because it was written in the past we can remember the garden and what happened there. And he's giving us this vision for even a greater garden, a city that we'll get to be in. God is not just going to make a garden, but a city for his family. He will live with us. There'll be no more brokenness. This is what the scoffers are forgetting. Intentionally, they're, they're choosing to say, I'm not going to remember those things from the past that point me to things in the future. And I'm not going to look forward to these things in the future, which then puts them in this place of scoffing, of sitting, of moping, of complaining, of just looking inward and just saying, I'm just going to do what I feel is right right now and ignore what has happened and what will happen. This is um, a, a place that we find ourselves, right? Let's keep looking. Peter's going to finish up the chapter here. So then, dear friends, since we're looking forward to this, we are looking for, you can't see it. That needs to be all caps. We're looking forward to this. Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. He's saying, be holy people who pursue Jesus. 
so that you get to enjoy that city with God. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. He's waiting. He wants, he wants us to turn to him. He's giving us time so that we can be there with him in the city. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote with you, uh, wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. This is about Paul writing other letters. Peter's aware of these other letters that Paul wrote. This explains the same thing, right? Salvation through Christ, life in Jesus. His letter contains some things that are hard to understand, um, which ignore and which, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. He's saying, just like I'm, I've been talking, people take this scripture and they turn into anything other than through Jesus is salvation and one day family in heaven with God. If we remember the gospel, this good news, even that Paul was writing, that we hear all the apostles say, that we hear the, the prophets say of old, if we remember the gospel, the good news of our good God, we can look forward to what is to come. And how does he end this? Therefore, dear brothers, since you have been forewarned, be on guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall into uh, fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Let us not be convinced that Jesus will not return. He's saying, be, be careful that we don't start believing or not remembering who God is, that God is good, and start thinking, well, God's not good. He's not coming back. I guess this is all we have. I'm going to follow whatever feels right. But that we can remember God's good creation, and we can also remember the flood, the consequences of not following him. Instead, he says, let us grow in relationship with Jesus the one that is making all things new. We can remember the garden, which will point us to remember the city that will one day be. This is, this is Peter ending it the way he starts it by saying, life comes in knowing Jesus, not anything else. And knowing Jesus comes because we remember all that God has done that's built up to this day when Jesus died and rose and sits on his throne, and one day will build a city for us. This had me thinking a lot this week about memories and how memory works. And so I started Googling memory, thinking, this is, it's wild how much remembrance is throughout all of Scripture. Anything God does, he says, start a festival where you get together and you remember the Passover, and that a lamb's blood was shed so that death would pass over you. And people started getting together to do that. It, then this happens and do a festival to remember it. Then set up rocks so that when you see them, it reminds you of days, the days when God did great things for his people. He wants us to continue to remember. He's wired into us something about memory. And so I started reading some studies. Quick, like I said, amateur research online. What are some things about how memory works? Because we live in a time where we're doing like brain scans while people are remembering things and it's, and we're learning how memory actually affects all of us and all of, not all of us, but all of us, like our whole bodies are physical and emotional, psychologically, like how it all is connected. So I found three things that were really interesting because they really apply to this passage. So we're going to look at a little uh, thing here. Oh, let me move this brain because I was really pumped about finding the brain. Three things I learned about memory this week that I'd love to pass on to you. And then we're going to meet a friend. Oh, I'm really excited for you to meet. Um, 
First thing I learned about memory this week, these were studies that were done as, as doctors, not me, real doctors who study brains, tested how people's brains and bodies were affected by remembering things. And I, these were really fascinating. Um, and so what happens is you something happens to you. It goes into your brain and actually your brain stores it in places. And they were learning how memories can be stored better and, and be stronger. And so it's easier to remember them and why there's certain things that we always remember. And those actually affect us physically and emotionally. So the first thing I, I learned was that how intentional we are when we first experience something also is connected to how much it lasts, how well it lasts in our brain. One of the examples they gave was when you meet someone new, if you're intentional about thinking about their name, if you think, okay, I'm going to remember John, whatever that is, John, because he's jolly, right? Uh, whatever you need to remember. But just being intentional, not just going like, John, nice to meet you, and then it flies out your head. Being intentional actually causes it uh, to to land a lot more, to remember it a lot more. So when we're actively doing something, if we're thinking about what we're doing and focused on it, depending on how intently it actually does, uh, generally can cause the memory to last longer. I think that's really interesting that um, they're saying most people aren't actually bad at remembering names. They just don't, whether it's personality or whatever, they don't think about the name when they meet someone. It goes right through them because they're continuing to talk about something or maybe they're thinking about themselves. Um, so that's the first thing I learned. I think that was really interesting. How intentional are in the moment to, for the, the second one I think is fascinating is that we can build strong memory bridges. Now what this means is the more we remember something, the more it's like we access that memory and go through that memory and process that memory, the stronger the connections are to that memory and us, our current thinking. So it makes it easier to go back and access that. If the memory is on a little memory island and there's a bridge to it, that bridge may be like a rickety old wooden bridge. And the more we go, the stronger that bridge gets and it becomes a stone bridge and a steel bridge and then it becomes a mighty suspension bridge, right? So the more we go, the stronger these memory bridges are. So they actually encourage you if there's things that you really want to remember that um, like just repetition of remembering those and the details of those and all the experience of it actually will cause it. So like when you're memorizing, I remember t for tests in college, uh, they said actually sitting down and rereading notes over and over can actually cause your memory to be a lot better in those. Um, and so that's why people have learned those things work because they're actually running tests with people. And if they remember over and over and over, it's easier to access it's less effort for their brain access. And in fact, they will even recall things without even having to really like try to remember. They just can pop in your head, which I see all the time. I like the things I think about the most, the things I'm looking at the most, I'm remembering the most come back over and over in my head. And lastly, the thing I learned that I loved, one of the scientists said, even a whiff of a memory can cause the entire memory to come back. And they did this actually with a study with smells. And so they, uh, we're doing brain scans of people and they had the people, uh, they had a, a smell that was associated with a moment in their life. Mm -hmm. And just the whiff of that smell caused their brain to activate in a way and them to remember all that happened. So it was like a, if it was a smell of like their grandma's apple pie, 
They could remember the pie and how it tasted and how it felt. And they remembered grandma and they remembered like everyone around the table. And this memory turned into this whole experience just from the whiff. And then they actually had someone show people a picture of that moment, the smell, eat the pie, like experience as much as they could. And the brain activated the same way. So this scientist was saying, just a whiff of a memory, just a feeling of it or seeing something or experiencing something similar can cause an entire memory to come back. So just a whiff of a thing. I thought this is fascinating because this is exactly what Peter is reminding us in here. He's reminding us that of all of these things, how intentional are we with reminding ourselves of the gospel? When I'm, when I'm reading scripture, how intentional am I? Do I read a passage do I look back at what God's done and go, okay, cool, God's done that? Do I actually think about, like, I understand the value of really studying and, and considering meditating on Scripture. It actually makes that Scripture land and, and that memory last. Also, it builds the bridge. If every day I'm remembering the gospel, it builds a gospel bridge. So that even if a whiff of the gospel comes in my life, just a hint of it, of something that reminds me of the gospel, the whole gospel becomes real. And I experience the whole gospel in that moment again. Is that fascinating? That's, I think that's incredible. Uh, we saw this last week. If you were with us last week, Mike shared the story of how he likes to help renovate and um, uh, houses. And that when he's building a house, sometimes he sees like how messed up, broken, how things aren't working. And he says it just reminds him of how kind of broken we are and how good it is that God fixes us and rebuilds us. And I thought that I don't, when I'm working on my house, when I'm at Menards, I don't think, oh, thank you, Jesus, that you've rebuilt me. I just think, I don't want to fix this thing at my house. I want this over with as quickly as possible. And he gets a whiff of that because he's thinking about the gospel. He gets a whiff of that. And that memory, that bridge is so strong that he sends him right over to that memory in the gospel. Um, throughout. So this is why I was excited for you to meet a friend. Um, we're going to talk to her for a little bit. Uh, and you get to know her. She's going to pray for us before we take communion. We're going to come back from that and take communion here. So if you want to get those supplies ready, we're going to meet Kelly. This this is a week where uh, remembrance uh, is even heightened because we've been we've been talking and thinking about nine uh, eleven um, and remembering that event. And I've also been thinking not only all the good things about who God is are important, but like this passage also told us to remember the flood. And so I was thinking, how, how do you process really hard things that happen to you? How, how does that work with your memory? And what do we do with those things? And I've been encouraged uh, by Kelly and her experience. I'll let her share her experience, but her experience with that. And how, how has God used that, that memory, remembering that things to actually then allow her to remember what is to come? Oh, it's good. So let me, let's go to Kelly. Uh, we met uh, on Zoom in our backyards, and uh, I'm excited for you to meet her and hear her story. All right, I'm here with uh, Kelly. Hey, Kelly. She's um, uh, in her backyard. I'm in my backyard. We both had um, a lot of traffic behind us, our families and our homes, so we had to move outside. Uh, why don't you start, just, just share a little bit about who you are and your family so people can get to know you a little bit. All right. Um, I'm Kelly. I live in Columbia Heights with my husband, Matt, and we have four children, ages 10 down to five. Um, they all go to Highlands this year. And yeah, 
We've They're been all in, at Highland this year. We're all at Highland. My youngest cool is, is kindergarten. Yeah, crazy. So, um, One of the things that I know about you is you love to run. In fact, we were trying to schedule this interview, and the text was like, oh, I could do it, but first I got to run 20 miles. <laughs> and so I rarely get to send like a ditto text back. I was like, <laughs> oh, me too. I was going to do that too, so let's <laughs> – so I actually just got done with a nap and you just got done running 20 miles. All right. What are you running your 20 miles for? Uh, I'm doing the Twin Cities Marathon in three weeks and raising money for Venture, which um, is a local nonprofit, but it um, works to fight trafficking in Nepal and aid refugees. And it's called Venture? Good stuff. Yeah, Venture. Oh, that's very cool. And who's yeah. behind you now? That's ISO. Hey, ISO. Hey, he wants to get in on this. You, yeah. <laughs> Let me in. Here comes Sprocket. Oh, oh, Sprocket. oh, there she is. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I, I wanted to talk to you because today we're, look, we're thinking about why we remember things. And they also, uh, because in the, in the end of Second Peter here, Peter seems to be, again, reminding us that we, we got to remember who, who God is and what he's done. And, um, so in the middle of all that, we, um, uh, there we go. There we go. Letting them in. Um, so in all of that, I've, I've been thinking a lot about memory and remembering things and why we'd want to remember things and especially hard things. And also this happens in a week when we're remembering 9-11. Um, and so we've seen a lot of the never forgets uh, pictures online. And we are remembering that because uh, we all can remember where we were that day. And it made me think of another event that I think, especially locally, many of us um, remember where we were when the bridge collapsed. And, uh, and now be, uh, becoming friends with you and your family, uh, when I think of that, I think of you guys first, often. And so I wanted you to be able to share some of that story. Um, so maybe share that first. Where were you when the bridge collapsed? Yeah, um, I was on the bridge when it collapsed, I was going to a, a soccer game. I play soccer. Well, when it's not COVID in the summers and um, me and a teammate were driving northbound <clears throat> in rush hour, 6.05. And uh, I don't know whether I give you the short or the long. Try short. We'll try short. All of a sudden heard rumbling, um, saw the north end of the bridge go up. But in retrospect, it was us starting to fall. Um, couldn't see a thing. Uh, because of bits of concrete and dust everywhere, but you feel like you're falling on an amusement park ride, and then I'm like, I'm going to die. This is it. Um, <clears throat> so I had some choice thoughts uh, with God, uh, and, I, and I questioned, and I was like, I'm going to see if my faith is real. I'm going to see if God really exists, um, juxtaposed with the fact that I was talking to God. So here I'm questioning God while I'm talking to him. Um, so some really deep um, <laughs> issues that I have had to sort through and go back and visit um, yeah. after that. But then muddy water hits the windshield and we stop and uh, my car ended up being kind of abutted like at this angle to the concrete island that was in the middle of the river. Uh, so we had to shimmy out of my car <clears throat> and wait for about 45 minutes um, and get boated off of that island. Um, but Praise God, I, I have zero physical 
um, injuries from it. And my passenger um, had like three quarters of a vertebrae um, compacted. Um, so she has some issues, but um, <clears throat> very little physical trauma. So wow. That's a, that was a good short version. Thank wow. you. <laughs> a lot <laughs> happened. So, yeah. all right. So you had, you had this happen to you and now how many years ago was that? It was um, 2007. Wow. So, so the, for 13 years, yeah. You, you, how does that work for you then in remembering this? Is that a constant thing you're thinking about? Is it just on mm-hmm. certain dates or, and then even just how, yeah, how have you experienced remembrance of this event in your life? Mm-hmm. Well, I have, um, like the, like the post-traumatic stress. Um, so if I get, if conditions are right, it's not every bridge that I go over and I can go over that bridge and be fine. Um, but there's sometimes that anxiety will kind of overtake me or if I'm, you know, stopped and bumper to bumper and there's someone face turned up because that reminds me of the rumbling and the falling. So, um, just like the right conditions or if I'm in a really large structure, um, sometimes that gets overwhelming. Like I start looking for exit plans, like, like, okay, when this fails and falls down, I'm going to run to that staircase or this tunnel is going to collapse. And then I will go right there and that's how I'll survive. Um, so, I mean, I have those negative things that I have to go back to like, okay, no, this is safe. God, okay. God is in control. Like let's Mm. get grounded. Um, but purposefully, remembering it. Um, I, I do every year on anniversary. So on August 1st, um, every year and, um, it's been, it's been good, even though gosh, I would never wish for anyone to go through that. Um, I think the questions that it brought up in me, um, are good for me to revisit and, um, talk to God about. Um, it also reminds me, it's like a landmark of this is where I was and this is what God has done in all these years after. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of think of like in Joshua, the monuments that they put up and they're like, Hey, when your descendants yeah. see this and are like, what's up with that? Right. You know, it's like, I can point to like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, that was awful. Um, but this is what God did through it. And this is what God has done since then. Um, and so I think it represents just more than that moment. Mm. Um, and, and the goodness of God and just showing me, like, as I watch so many people that, that were survivors, um, and how they reacted to trauma was so different. I'm like, Oh, now I know why people who will get interviewed, they all look like, why are they experiencing so many different things? Cause everyone reacts to trauma differently. And so I had this empathy for, for that situation. And, and same thing, like I've been through a miscarriage and it's like, I can, my heart can just start crying with women who, you know, have also miscarried. And it's like, I would never have that deep of an understanding and love for those people, for those women, unless I had gone through it. So it's like, God really turns the beauty from those ashes. Um, so I think it is important to remember in light of God has worked and he is still working through that. And so just in, in reverence and worship of, of him. Wow. That's really good. Um, how, how did you get, how did you get there? I assume like, 
or I mean, or how does God keep working in you to ha- to have some of that perspective? Because I could see that not being a like a natural perspective to just say like, oh, this reminds me of how much God is doing. That could be like a you could be holding on to that every day. Yeah, and, and becoming bitter and angry and. Yes. In, in, in some of the survivors, I, I saw that throughout, you know, year and years after, um, just by like reading their caring bridge sites and like, wow, this, this person is holding on to so much bitterness and, um, asking why me, um, I think from the start I was, I don't know, just convicted that was not a good idea. Um, and I think a lot of people who go to that question and sit there um, are just, it doesn't end up in a good spot is, is what I find. Um, but more of like, okay, what is God doing? And there are some times when I'm like, I'm not exactly sure why, you know, like why I was on there, like what was God doing? But, um, but like, I definitely know, like I have four wonderful children you know, that I didn't have before that point. And, and for some reason I have breath today. So there's, there's some purpose, right. For Mm me. Um, but I think, yeah, the, the retrospect of looking at others and how they were dealing with traumas. And I saw people of faith, um, doing better than those who did not have a a good and loving God to rely on. Mm. That matters a lot. I, we, I think of that it's a, it's different, but now when um, I'm seeing people go through, you know, however many months into COVID we are mm-hmm. um, and they're, it's getting harder and harder and they're finding, they're kind of spiraling into things mm-hmm. and think, I don't know how I could get, I could see myself there if I didn't have something else to look to a God who's good mm-hmm. and still good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those things are so, so important right now. Well, I'm really encouraged. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I mean, I think that's a, it's just such a helpful thing for all of us to hear and understand. And um, I didn't ask you this before. Are you, would you be willing to pray for, for us? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry that I can, I, I would love that. it if you prayed for us. Thank all you. right. I will pray. Okay. All right. Oh, good and glorious God, you, you are the God with plans so big. Um, and we have such small eyes, God, you allow the good in our lives and you allow the pain and the hurt in our lives. And God, you are good in the midst of all of those things. And sometimes that is so hard to declare, but God, we declare it today. You are a good, good God even in the midst of this COVID and loss and pain. Lord, we just ask that you would help us to remember that you would remind us even of the pain in our lives, that we would reflect, that we would be able to look back and say, wow, what a mighty God we serve. How amazing and and how much work you have done and how much beauty you have brought out of our pain. Lord, that you would bring us to spaces of humility that we would give up our idols because of this pain and be more truthful followers of you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are working in all these things and in our hearts. And we just lift up our, our journeys, our lives to you. In your name, Jesus. Amen.